right, guys, this is the Kaniac Report. I am Sam Wallace. We will be discussing Game 7 uh, with Sam Driscoll. He is ju- will be just now getting back from that game, actually. And I will be getting you guys up to speed on the first six games. Boy, this has been a series. Um, the Rangers have been a different type of opponent for the Canes. Um then uh, I think what the Canes have been bringing to Boston in the first uh, playoff series. So uh, that first game, uh, the first game obviously is at home because the Canes have home ice advantage in this playoffs, uh, did not start out so well. It just didn't. I thought the first two periods uh, were dominated by the Rangers, and they really were. I mean, you look at the uh, shots. Um, the Rangers had 23 shots combined in the uh, first two periods, and the Canes didn't even have 15. The Rangers were all over the Canes. And I think part of the reason for that is because um, not really um, due to um, the amount of time from the playoff from their previous playoff series to uh, game one, because they both went to get game sevens. But I thought it was mainly due to the fact that the Canes um, did not know what they're kind of going up against with the Rangers. Because if you notice the uh, difference uh, between the Rangers and the Boston series, that I saw is that the Bostons were a very intelligent, uh, off the rush type of team. Uh, I thought Boston's best chances were um, coming in on the rush from getting the puck in their D zone into the offense. To me, with the Rangers, they have more depth scoring than Boston, um, and they don't. But also, they don't really have the superstars that Boston has. Because with Boston, obviously, you have that one line, which to me is composed of a pretty star-studded line with uh, Bergeron, Marchand, and uh, Pasternak. But with the Rangers, however, um, you don't really have a uh, superstar threat. Uh, Not yet, now, they could because they're a very young team with the likes of Alexis Lafreniere, Capo Caco, um, and even, I would say, probably right now their best superstar is Adam Fox, in my opinion. I think Panarin and Zabinajad are, are uh, pretty good, but to me, they're not superstars. So... Um, I think that was part of the reason why the uh, Hurricanes were just being um, clobbered in the first 40 minutes of this game. And uh, the Rangers, with uh, Philip Heedle scoring, making it one to nothing um, for the Rangers. Uh, I mean, it 
It is what it is. I mean, I think they deserved it because, again, they are the better team in their the first 40 minutes. In the third period, though, that, that was when the Hurricanes got on their game. I mean, in that third period, they limit the Rangers to only four shots. Only four. The Rangers got 23 shots in the first two periods. Canes locked them down at four shots. And they finally get credited uh, with that effort in the third period toward the end around uh, less than three minutes into the game with Ajo scoring. He in, what's funny about that shot is that Ajo um, and had one shot at the opportunity, couldn't get it in, hit the pad out of uh, Shesterkin, but uh, he was perseverant in that effort, and he shot it again and finally made it a goal, and the whole place was buzzing. In fact, I think the whole place was buzzing um, a few minutes into that third period because we just saw this team being uh, playing terribly in the first 40. Then after a few minutes in the third period of dominance by the Hurricanes, these fans realized that this is the team they came to see. These were the Hurricanes. So we tie it up. We go to overtime, and it's Ian Cole. Who would have thought Ian Cole would have gotten the overtime winner? Like, seriously, it's, it's, it's amazing. Now, it did hit off of a Rangers glove, I believe. But it was just amazing, amazing game. I was at that game. I was up the nosebleed section. Uh, with my dad actually at that game, and I was just so happy that we that we won because to me I didn't think we deserved it. I thought that was a win that we more have stolen than deserved. But that's the most important thing, and sometimes you need to have games like that in these playoffs, no matter what. So we win game one on. By just stealing the game from the Rangers. And now we head off to the second home game. And this game, I thought, was a defensive masterpiece. Now, credit, a lot of that, I think, does go to Ranta. I thought Ranta has been playing excellent, uh, mostly this entire series. Except you could probably say... um, a couple of the away games, especially, uh, I believe it was game six. I didn't think Ranta had a good game, uh, but we will get to that. Second game, um, Canes really showed the um, how good they are defensively. And in the second period, um, guess who scores uh, the first goal for the... Um, Hurricanes, it's Brendan Smith. A, a, a defenseman. Again, who would have thought Brendan Smith? And this was on the shorthanded goal, too. Canes were on the penalty kill. But uh, Ajo was able to get it out. 
Actually, I think it was Tara Vinen first, and then, and then it was a two-on-one. Uh, I believe Adam Fox was in the middle of that. And Ajo passes it through the legs of Adam Fox, who I honestly don't think has been doing that good defensively anyways um, this series. But I think offensively, uh, he, he shows why he uh, won uh, the Norris Trophy, uh, which I can, I can see. With, uh, but uh, back to that Smith goal, Aho um, just brilliantly passed it to Brandon Smith and made it one to nothing. Just a brilliant, brilliant pass. And then Aho finally solidifies uh, the win in an empty net, which was just a terrible turnover by uh, Panarin. And it's 2 nothing Canes. Canes are up 2 nothing in the series. Ha. Funny there. Um, and then they go to the Rangers. Now, 2 nothing. Canes are happy. They're up 2 nothing at home. Great. The biggest question for these Hurricanes is when they are on the road. When they're at MSG. How are they going to handle that? And that was my question after winning these two home games. Because these Canes have proved that that last, which I do think last change uh, is a factor when it comes to home. And also, I do think another factor is the fans. Um, but when the Canes are on the road and that we've shown, it was shown in that Boston series, they do not play well. It's a Jekyll and Hyde team. Both from at home and on the way and on the road, which is just frustrating for this team. And it a little bit showed again, uh, game three against the Rangers. Now, here's the thing with that uh, third game, uh, first one at MSG. It, the style of play I thought was completely different from the two home games. Uh, I I I, I, I believe I told you the stats of the shots in the f- the first game. A uh, second game, it was less. Uh, the second home game, it, it was just a defensive grinding game. Uh, Carolina had twenty two shots. Rangers had twenty one, and all throughout those uh, three periods, no one got over t- got to ten. Very very defensive game that uh, like I just told you guys. But it was on the road where things opened up dramatically. And again, I thought Carolina played pretty good. I did. Um, It's just the two things that stuck out for me, um, not just in this road game in particular, but in all the road games, is that the Hurricanes have a problem with special teams. Uh, their star players not really uh, posing a big threat, um, at least in comparison to the um, Rangers' uh, top talent, which they showed up um, in that um, third game. I mean, you have a goal from Zabinajad in the first period. Um, I thought uh, that was a bit of a... 
bad goal to give up on uh, Ranta. I think Ranta could have stopped that, uh, but that was a power play goal for the Rangers. Um, so Canes, again, special teams was a factor this game. Uh, they were not able to kill that off. Second goal, you had Kreider scoring. Another top player for the Rangers who had over 50 goals in the regular season. Now, um, I remember looking at that Kreider goal, and I saw, um, I can't remember what Rangers um, player did it, but he knocked uh, the stick out of D'Angelo. Um, I was not a big fan of that, but I can see why the uh, official um, didn't want to call any, didn't want to uh, actually uh, cause the play to go dead due to um, the stick. Because I honestly thought D'Angelo's stick was going to come out of his hands either way. Um, But that was more of a defensive breakdown. I didn't really blame Ranta on that one because I I mean D'Angelo that was his guy basically and he lost him. So Canes are down two to nothing. I mean as a Canes fan I understand it it's frustrating when you're watching these away games and the Canes are just a completely different team. And especially during the season, Canes were great on the road. They were. But during the playoffs, it has not shown up. Now, Niederreiter scores and makes it 2-1. to one. And I believe this was the game um, out of all the away games where the Canes, I think, could have won. Could have at least tied it and maybe gone to overtime and then steal the game again like they did in game one. Uh, now with that Niederreiter goal, to me, what's, uh, funny is that I, Shesterkin should have saved that goal because it leads right through him. It was a backhand by Niederreiter coming up on the rush and he shoots the backhand and he scores and Shesterkin should have had it, but you know what? It's two to one. The, the Canes um, cut the lead in half, and now they can tie it up. And I thought the Canes actually played decent uh, five on five. But again, it's the special teams. If they had um, a great PK out there on that first goal, then it would be tied up. It just would. But no, and Carolina had 18 shots in that second period compared to Rangers only 10. Canes were doing pretty well that game, that second period. And then in the third, I thought um, the Rangers really just stood their ground and kind of kept Carolina to the outside. I did. And um, eventually, it's Tyler Mott uh, that scores on the empty net. And the Canes still, um, after this game, hold a series lead 2-1. to one. But I thought that was the road game that the Canes should, should have ha- 
have won um, the most looking back at all the away games. So we get to the second away game at MSG. I thought this game was over when it was 3 to nothing. For the Rangers in that second period. I get, And to be honest, I didn't watch much of the third. Because I just, with the goalie that they have in Tristurkin, they were not going to score four goals on them on the road. I just did not. At home, maybe. But on the road, de- just no. And what I noticed in that um, second away game, there were a lot of bad mistakes. And in that first period, you have Stephen Lawrence. Uh, I realize it's Lawrence now, not Lawrence. So it's Lawrence. I'm still working on that sometimes. But he he gets into a fight uh, because of that hit by Truba. I thought th- that fight, I mean... Good for Lawrence, I guess, for stepping up for his teammate, if you want to see it that way. But this is a playoff game. You can't be doing something like that. And it costed them when Frank Vetrano scored on that power play goal. I thought it did. Because you, because what happens is that when he goes in, and he goes in hard at Truba, so I understand the instigator penalty there. He did not give Truba at all to to prepare himself for the fight. So I understand the instigator rule. Now, I'm not a big fan of the instigator rule, as you guys would know. Um, but not only does he get that, but he also gets a 10-minute game misconduct. I know he's not out there on the ice a ton, obviously, in the playoffs because Stahl is, I mean, Brendan Morris is going to be um, rolling three lines, but you still can't do that because it puts the Rangers on a power play, a power play on the road, which the Kings have been struggling against. Lawrence can't do that. So it's one to nothing. Frank for Toronto scores part of it due to that whole fight. Next is the Adam Fox goal, uh, which he tips it in. And that was another bad mistake as Trocek had a lane to where he could get the puck out of the zone. But he didn't. He turns it over and Adam Fox scores because of another Silly, unforced error. This game had tons of that. Again, did I mention special teams again? Um, I mean, now they only had two power plays. So, I mean, not much, but you still... You need to score on those. But 2 nothing for the Rangers heading into the second period. And the Rangers, I thought, had a pretty good first period, and it showed in the stats 12-8 to in terms of shots. Again, another pretty wide-open game compared to the first two home games. So, second period coming up, and then you have Mika Zibanejad, a uh, 
star player for them that hasn't really been producing as much. He scores as well. Again, another unforced error. Because you have Brady Shea, who I thought had a very poor game um, in that second away game of not getting the puck out. Now, Ranta, should he have led that puck a little bit squeezed by him? No, but he stopped it enough to where it wasn't going to go in alone. But Brady Shea is just standing still, and I'm like, dude, you got to get that puck out. So it lands right behind Ranta, and Zibanejad scores. Brady Shea, you have got to do better. You are a top four defenseman. Now, once we, we're going to do an episode, uh, once the Hurricanes either win the Stanley Cup or get eliminated on the contract situations for the Canes. But I could see Brady Shea getting traded. I could. Now, he might not. I honestly think um, Waddell and company needs to take a cautious approach when handling with uh, Brady Shea. Um, but I, I, I could see Brady Shea get traded. I really could, especially if um, we might get a guy like Jacob Tuchurin from Arizona, who, what's funny, I think Adam Gold says, that Natchez will be will be part of that deal. So third period, um, game is pretty much over. Rangers is three up against the Hurricanes, but Tara Vinen scores. And what's great is that Tara Vinen elevates the puck. The Hurricanes had a few chances, actually, in this game, to where I think they could have tied it but I mean just get this for a second I mean like Pesci in the first period I mean he had a wide open net but when he got the puck it it took him a few moments to realize that he needed to shoot shoot it he needs to be faster on releasing that puck and shooting it I remember Turbo I, I believe it was on a two on one um where he he hit the pad of Shesterkin and could have elevated it. Like, he needs to elevate it. He, he eventually elevates a puck to where he gets a goal in the third period from Ajo. But you need more. And I remember even with Natchez, uh, he had a wide-open chance, and he missed the entire net. These are opportunities Canes could have had to probably tie the game at by at least um, with the chances they've got, but they don't. So they're down one to three. And then just to solidify it even more, Andrew Kopp scores because you know what? Of another unforced error from, I believe it was um, Jarvis who had a, Terrible, terrible pass that led to um, the Rangers scoring from Andrew Kopp. I thought that was the worst game. So now we come back home to um, the third game here at PNC. Again, another great home game. Um, The only thing uh, 
that I th- believe that's just been showing in the series, whether it's at home or away, is uh, the penalty kill. The penalty kill for Hurricanes have not been good, when, especially when um, your power play already pretty much sucks. But they amp it up a notch. They get a power play goal from Teravainen. Um, which I thought was a great, great pass from Jarvis, who I think has still been playing excellent. I think both him and Tara Vinan have probably, in my opinion, been the top um, great players in, in our top six. Um, but in that first period, I mean, we get another shorthanded goal from uh, Vincent Trocek. Which is great, and I and Trocheck's been turning it up a bit, which is good because you need that Trocheck line to produce. Um, it's Trocheck, Svech, and Natchez. Um, I still want to see more from Svech. Still want to see more, especially more from Natchez. He, I don't know what's going on with Natchez. But um, end of the first period, um, it's one-to-one because you have Zabinidad scoring on the power play goal. Now, here's the thing I have issue with um, on that power play goal. Not just the penalty kill, but Ian Cole took just an unnecessary penalty of a cross-check um to, I think it was Truba. Now, Truba has been a pest for the Hurricanes this series. He has. But I remember that play, and Truba um, missed, I believe, on hitting Ian Cole into the benches. And Ian Cole just comes down and gives him a cross track. Now, do I believe there should have been an embellishment Penalty on Trubo, yes, because that was a completely dive. Oh, it so was. But again, it doesn't seem like there are going to be any embellishment calls um, for the Hurricanes. uh, Because we haven't had any the entire season. But you still don't want to take a stupid penalty like that. And again, because of that penalty, it's the Benadrad that scores. And obviously, like I told you about that Teravainen goal in the second, and then in the third period, you have Svechnikov scoring. And I thought that was huge because the last time he scored was at Boston. And at that, I mean, his first goal a little bit mattered, I would say, uh, because we were down, I believe, 2 nothing against Boston, and Svechnikov made it. Two to one, it might have been three to one. I can't remember for sure, um, but it did. I do remember helped us a little bit stay in the game. But that second goal that Sveshnikov had, it was completely useless because the Canes uh, already dug in themselves into a hole against Boston um, in that away game. But this goal in particular. I mean, he battled the puck in neutral ice to where it got him on a breakaway. And he scores five hole. Just think, five hole on Shesterkin. 
and it's three to one Hurricanes. And at that point, I was like, yeah, the Hurricanes are going to win this game. And yes, I was happy. I'm sure you Canes fans were happy, but I know all of us fans want them to win on the road. We wanted them to win on the road and finish it early. But we didn't. Another loss at Madison Square Garden. Now, the only difference between basically Game 6 and Game 4 was that in Game 4, we just had so many chances that we couldn't um, key in on. And we also just had so many stupid, stupid mistakes. This game, I thought, was different. I thought Ranta didn't have that great of a performance. I didn't like the first two goals he gave up. Now for the that first goal against Tyler Mott on Brady Shea. Well, on Ranta with Brady Shea in the middle of it. I could see the argument of Brady Shea um, kind of screening Ranta. And I, I get that. The puck was, I mean, Mott was pretty far out um, when he shot that puck. But I still think Ranta still needs to look at that. I I would say uh, the responsibility there on that goal is probably a combination of Shea and Ranta, but Ranta still needs to make that save. He still needs to. You you can't let a shot like that go in. I thought the second goal was um, completely terrible because his five-hole was so wide that Zbigniew was just like, thank you, and it made it 2 nothing. Rangers just out-goalied our goalie. Sturkin was playing amazing. And in fact, I thought the Canes played a great game overall. It was it, it, The goaltending was just the factor of it. And to me, that is the only thing I will give to the Rangers. Is that I do think they have the better goalie. Um, even though I still think with the Hurricanes, yes, you need Branta to be very good, like we saw in this... Uh, third game at MSG, you still need them to be good. But the most important thing is to have those five skaters in front of you, technically 18, um, to play even a harder game because uh, Ranta, I love him to death. He's been playing great. I am not going to blame him if we lose lose this series against the Rangers, but he, he's not a Shesterkin type of goalie. He's not a Vasilevsky type of goalie. And if we do advance um, to uh, compete against Tampa, one thing I do want to know is can our offense be enough against Tampa? Because I do believe uh, Vasilevsky is um, definitely the better between him and Ranta. 
So we'll we'll see. Um, I honestly think, um, or actually thought Anderson was going to uh, be in at this point during the playoffs, but they're being very cautious of him. So it seems like it is going to be Ranta against Vasilevsky. But back to game six. And um, when it comes to uh, Hedl scoring that third goal, um, you you just knew that um, Ranta was going to be sitting out for the remainder of that game, which I thought was the right call, and putting uh, Kachikov in that. Now, Kachikov, um, I didn't like the two goals that he gave up after he got put in, but it's one of those things. You get out goaltendered. And... Kochkov, he played very well um, in that road game and won um, at the end of the season. But you, he's not really a goalie you want to see in the playoffs. You want to see either Anderson or Ranta. But the Canes do find some um, luck behind the net with Brady Shea and uh, Vincent Trocek. Uh, Trocek makes it 2-4, to four, so you get some hope. Going into that third period, not much, but some. But unfortunately, it's Panarin that scores another power play goal um, for the Rangers. Um, a penalty kill that um, this Canes just has been struggling with. A couple things I do want to talk about before we go to Sam is uh, in the uh, first two road games... Uh, you had a little bit of a Max Domi stuff at the end of those two games. And honestly, I do think those were unnecessary stuff that he shouldn't be doing. He shouldn't be cross-checking and doing all the silly stuff at the end of the games. I think he probably should have um, come out, but it was uh, Lawrence that came out um, in the... Uh, third home game and Martina came back in. And honestly, I was happy that Martina came back in because Martina is an energizer type of player. And I thought he kind of did his job. Now I'm recording this before game seven tonight. Um, I do see that Martina is sitting out and Lawrence is coming back in. So we'll see what happens tonight. Uh, and here's my uh, conversation with Sam on uh, Game 7. All right, we are with Sam Driscoll, who is uh, leaving Game 7. And I have a question for you, Sam. I don't know if I want to answer it. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm just wondering, would you rather lose in overtime or would you rather lose in a blowout game like this? I mean, you know, in a game like this, you kind of come to understanding that you're going to lose. So it's, a, you know, I feel to maybe swallow it a little bit better. Um, either way, it stings. And it was tough. I mean, honestly, after the second goal, you just kind of felt in the building that the game was over and that Carolina wasn't going to come back. Um it's just part of, you know, how that worked out. At the beginning of the series, I honestly thought Carolina could win this in about five or six, maybe even four. Uh, I think a lot of it just has to do with 
Carolina. They don't have any goal. They, they have Aho and they have Svechnikov who may have scored some goals this regular season, but you know they don't have anybody that can really score goals. And I think that came back to bite them. They don't have the power play was abysmal. The penalty kill tonight wasn't very good. So, and I mean, I don't really blame Ranta, you know, who got hurt or Kachetkov for this loss. I mean, if you only score two goals and give up chances that the Rangers, of course, you're going to lose. And Carolina, I mean, they let down their fans tonight. Um, I think there's a lot of questions to have this offseason. It's going to have to take a look at that. Yeah, definitely. Um, you, you touched on the goaltending in uh, Ranta and um, Kotrikov. Uh, yeah. And I, I, they played better. Um, just looking at the series and all that stuff, I think they played better than uh, Nedeljkovic yeah. of um, last playoffs. But um, – and – Obviously, Anderson gets hurt. You, you don't want to see Anderson get hurt. My question is, do you think Ranta is a goalie that you can ride with in the playoffs? I think he proved that he is. I'm not sure what happened in the last couple of games because I don't think like, – he did not play well in game six at all. He, he didn't play well at all. He looked a little shaky. And then him getting hurt. So let's talk about that real quick. So Ranta gets hurt. Kreider cross-checks Ranta. The puck gets jarred free. That play should have been stopped right there. That's a penalty. Cross-check the back goal. That's a penalty. Happened right in front of me. I saw the play. That's a penalty. All day. Is that what hurt Ante Ranta? No, it's not. Yeah, it wasn't. But that doesn't matter. You still had a play that should have been called for cross-check. There was still a penalty there. It doesn't matter if the play itself is what, you know, where the injury was. Your goalie's out now because there's a missed call on, on a dirty hit to the goalie. I mean, if they did that to Shesterkin, I promise you right now, Wes McCauley would have called that. So I don't know. I feel the league got what they wanted. I feel ESPN definitely got what they wanted, and they got the Rangers win. Um, I'm not really sure where you go from there next season. I don't know. Um what everybody feared at the beginning happened, right? You had Freddie Anderson go down, and then you had Ronta this game. He went down, so you had two goalies injury prone that get hurt right when they when they can't, right? So I don't know. I, I know Anderson will be back next year and he'll be healthy and be great to see him come back and play well. And I think he will. I don't know if they stick with Ronta. I thought Ronta was fantastic, but you have a kid in Kuchetkov who proved he can play. So we have three goalies. So even if we stick with three, I mean, in net, we're going to be solid. So there's that. Uh, oh, yeah, I agree. Um, and also with uh, Game 7, I, to me, the most concerning thing um, was not goaltending, like I just uh, said, um, and you as well. But it, it's the lack of offense that mm-hmm. we have on this team. I did not see Aho or Svech go into the beast mode that I know they can. And those are the only two players on this team that can turn a game around, and they didn't. Yeah. No, I mean, no one really looked like they played well. I mean, no one looked like they were in 
involved in the game tonight. I really didn't see anything from anybody. I didn't see any heart from anybody. I didn't see any drive from anybody. I like that you said that because I because I was of of uh, thinking of what I was going to say and all that type of stuff after uh, this game. And uh, you were absolutely correct. There is no heart from this team. There is no drive. Um, I thought their best moments were the moments leading into the before the first penalty. Would you agree? Yeah. And I think I watched play and I was like, you know, I think we're going to win this game. They take a penalty. New York scores. I'm like, okay, you know, you know, it's the Carolina. They can still do this. Just a little bit later, we take a penalty. New York scores again. And that kind of just, that's it. I mean, like I said, after the second goal, you just kind of felt like over. And I, let me be clear. I, I'm, when we say there's no heart in this team, I don't, I don't put that on, on the coach necessarily. I do believe, however, Rod Brendan Morris, an absolutely fantastic coach. But if we have a similar year next year, where we just can't do it in the playoffs, I think you have to question a lot of things, especially if you opt to come back with the same core next year and you don't make any big splashes. You have to think, okay, if they, if, if management believe this is the team, these are the players to get it done, then you have to figure out what are they. And if you believe it's the players that that's not the issue there, then you have to believe it's the coaching staff. Um, I really don't see Rod ever getting fired personally. I don't necessarily think he should, but I think after a season like this, where it just, where you fall short again, where you weren't supposed to fall short at all in mean, this series, Carolina, we should have won. They're the better team, but I, st- I still day, think they're they the better team against the Rangers, even though the Rangers eliminated us. Yeah. Like- in Carolina played very very well i mean they did a good job they just they couldn't do it on the road and that cost them um and and the rangers wanted it more too in this game you could tell absolutely i mean it was it was disappointing tonight um i expected a lot more from them I, i think um hurricanes fans did too but there's a lot of questions asked about this off season Right, because you have players like Nina Ryder and Trocheck contracts up. You have Natchez contract up, D'Angelo contract up. Um, and let me be clear, D'Angelo did not have a good series. He didn't have a good series at all. Um, but I still think he's a, he's a great asset, and he's a restricted free agent. So when it comes to D'Angelo, when it comes to you know Natchez, we have a lot of we have room there with those players with what to do with them. Right, if we want to bring them back, if we want to trade them. D'Angelo, I kind of more see signing with us again. Natchez, I kind of see not. So, yeah, um, I don't. Know. I looked. I, don't I looked know. at our cap space, and it's our cap says it's like nineteen million dollars, but it did not add in Gardner's contract. So, I mean, you would have to expect him if they don't trade him, he's going to be back on LTIR, which is going to be. Around twenty three million dollars in cap space. So um, I'm guessing if you're Waddell, would you try to? What would you be aiming for? Um, I think a lot of it. I mean, it depends. I think if you 
feel that Gardner won with Gardner. I think if you feel he can slide in on a third pairing, I, I don't see why not, you know, let him play. If you can't deal him, you let him play healthy. Um, I'd rather Jake Gardner over Ethan Baird any day of the week. You got more from Gardner than you did from Jake, from, from Ethan Baird. Um, and I'd like to see, and I would like, you know, I would like to see Gardner come back healthy. It's unfortunate. He had a the season that he did and getting hurt last year and just not playing at all. It's, it's unfortunate for him. Um, so you hope to see that. Um, if I'm Waddell, you, you're on one of your main priority is you realize that you have your, your top six for next year, more or less, right? You have Aho Svechnikov, Tara Bynan, um, Code Kinyemi, who used to be your number two center, which scares the crap out of me because he did Hell not yeah, play it, well. It scares the crap out of me too. You've got Jordan Stahl. Um, I mean, you've got your you've got core, right? You have your core, Slavin, Pesci, Shea. You've got your core on both offense and defense. So then you got to fill around. And I think the first target for Waddell, you need to inquire about Forsberg. You need to inquire about Goudreau. If these guys are available and you don't make a play for them, that's a shame. Giroux, I mean, there's a lot of players out there who can put the puck in the net and have historically done so. So you go for you go for a score. You don't go for like a, a middle six score. Like, you know, you go for a guy who can put the puck in the net 40 times. Goudreau's available, Forsberg's available, whatever they ask for, you say, okay, and, you know, <laughs> see you see you in October. That's what you got to do. That's why these teams want Tampa wins cups, right? That's why Colorado is where they're at. I mean, look at that team. They have Nathan McKinnon, Gabriel Landeskog, Kale McCarr, a defenseman who can score. Miko Rantanen. Yeah, I mean, they have so many players who can score goals. And look at Edmonton. They have Connor McDavid. For a while, he couldn't, you know, him and Dreisaitl couldn't do it. But, you know, they have these people who can put the puck in the net. And where Carolina... Unless they expect Seth Jarvis to take that, I mean, a, a massive step next year. I'm sorry, you got to go get someone like Forsberg, Drew. You got to do that. Um, and, I, I like Nate. I, I mean, I do like. I do like Natchez. I mean, this year wasn't great for him, but I mean, he's shown that he can play really good. I like Trocheck. I like Niederreiter. But if that cap can be spent by getting a player like Drew or Forsberg. I'm sorry, but let them walk. Go get those guys. Yeah, it's going to be interesting with the uh, contract situation. I, I know we're going to make an episode on the whole UFAs and RFAs and all that type of stuff. Another question about this game, though. What did you think of the uh, Truba hit on uh, Seth Jarvis? I honestly did not see the hit because I was following the puck, which I guess shows you one, you know, <laughs> And it was probably not a clean hit, but um, Truba's gotten away with a lot this series. He's gotten away with a lot his whole career, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, I was unfortunate for Jarvis; he couldn't play the rest of the game. Yeah, it was, and um, which I don't know. I really don't know how um, one of our. I don't know who what it, who what it was on the bench. But someone got out and it made a too many men penalty, and they must not have seen um, Jarvis because uh, Jarvis was struggling to get to the bench, and that was not a good sign. 
that was a that was just an unfortunate set of coincidences that did lead to the to the two nothing lead for, for New York. Um, I mean, you know, it's just it, it was just how the game was. I didn't feel it was necessarily evenly officiated tonight. I mean, you know, according to you know Rangers fans, and I guess we got a bunch of them right that listen and pay attention to us. At least according to Twitter tonight, they did pay attention to what we had to say, calling us uh, uh, all sorts of very nice names. Um, but everybody you know, has a credit. A lot- yeah, right. <laughs> but you know, I mean, and I'll give it to New York. They have a lot of great players, and you know, we're not above that. Igor Shosturkin uh, was fantastic, right? And I'll be honest with you, if, if one of our players cross-checked Shosturkin, I'd say, hey, go to the box. I mean, that's you don't do that, right? Shosturkin was a great, was unbelievable this series. He was unbelievable um, because Abenajad does what he's always done against Carolina and score goals. Um, and New York's got a good young play, good young team. Um, and they could they be got scary. What they I think New York's going to be scary. Right. And they've got cap space, which makes it even more scarier. So, you know, more yeah. scary. It's going to be, uh, you know, congratulations to them for moving on. And you just got to you know, see what happens this offseason. You know, I, I hope, I hope that maybe we've learned. And I feel as though this organization just hasn't learned the lesson that you do need a guy who can score 40 goals a year, 40, 50 goals. And, if you think it's Aho, then there needs to be training there because I'm sorry, but why why don't why don't you set him up for the one, one timer on the power play? Why is he in the bumper? There's no yeah. one time option. But you know, put Svechnikov there. Let him take a shot at it. I don't understand that, but you know, it's just part of it. Why they did score on the power play? No one was taking shots. It was slow, slow, slow. And if I were to honestly describe this game, that's how I would say it. They were slow. They were one step behind every every single every every part of this game. They were one step behind the Rangers. They were slow moving the puck when they passed the when the Hurricanes passed the puck. It was not a fast, crisp pass. It was slow. When the Rangers passed the puck, it was quick, crisp passes. And that's why at the end of the day, New York got their chances. Carolina didn't. Yeah, and, and like what you said earlier, I think that correlates with being one step um, behind with uh, not having the heart to play the game. Yep. Um, it's and just, who do the Rangers? The Rangers have Chris Kreider. How many goals did he score? He scored, what, 50? Yeah, he scored 50. Who in, who in Carolina is going to score 50? Goals? No one. The closest, the closest, yeah, no one right now. So but the closest person is Ajo. So I don't know what you do. I think I, I think this offseason is critical because the window is closing for the Hurricanes, right? Because then you have to decide, and not this offseason, but I think it's next offseason if I'm right. I could be wrong, but Aja's contract comes up. So then it's like, uh-oh. Right? I am on, I, I'm on cap friendly right now. Uh, it's the season after next Um Ajo has two more years after um, these playoffs are done. I think that's our window right there. Yeah, because then because you got to think who also is up within this time frame: Slavin, Pesci, Ajo, Taravainen. We will not keep all of them. 
unless they take hometown discounts, which I can see Slavin and Pesci doing. Definitely Slavin. But, you know, we'll just have to wait and see, right? And um, I'm disappointed. I know you're disappointed. I know all the Hurricanes fans are disappointed. Um, But there's still a lot to be proud of for this season. You know, two division titles back-to-back is impressive. Don't don't let that you know. Don't, that shouldn't just be swept under the rug. That's great to see. But that's uh, not the rise the goal, of the rise right? of Jarvis. Not, I think is another highlight. Absolutely, Jarvis, Jack Jury. Even though he played a few games, looked phenomenal. And we'll probably see him in a sweater next year. I could see him kind of being a replacement for for potentially Nina Ryder or um, Trocheck. I think he can do that. Come in and play a very solid game um, on the third line, probably with Stall. Um, yeah, uh, uh, something about Jack Drury um, that I found interesting. Chicago is in the playoffs right now, and yep. in seven games, he has five goals, four assists, and nine points. So he's playing fantastic. Jack Drury is right now. Yeah. So I mean, you know, when you look to next year, it's into this organization. We're being a playoff team, I believe, is in this future, even after the time period when the contracts go up, right? I think this organization is built that way. They're built that they're with the ability to continue to rise, right? Dundon wants to spend to the cap. So that's what's going to happen. So, you know, don't expect Carolina to have $10 million in cap space next year because they're going to spend right up to the cap. That's what they do every year. They're going to look at options. Don Waddell has been a great general manager. Um, I would like to see us again go after that goal scorer. I don't know if they will. I, I like to think maybe they've learned their lesson, but time will tell. And we'll we'll, we'll do more in depth. I know for the next week's pod, we'll we'll talk more about the off season and what's to come. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what happens this off season. Um, yes, uh, but, I know, have next one- year. So. It's going to be fun. It's 25th anniversary. Can't forget that. That's going to be exciting. Um, you and I get to sit through and enjoy that season. Um, and we'll try and get you, uh, you know, we'll talk about where we sit next year and try and meet some of all you Caniacs who listen to us and love to engage and talk with you guys. Yeah, well, I posted a picture of me um, recording, so hopefully they'll recognize my face at least. Um I have one last question for you. Now that we are eliminated. Sorry? I guess I'm the one in shadows. I don't know what I look like yet. Yeah, I I just find that funny. (laughs) Um, But I have one last question. Now that the Canes are eliminated, um, what team are you pulling for? I'm pulling for Colorado. Yeah, I guess. I would say Colorado too. Um, part of me would like to see maybe Tampa Bay do a three-peat. Um, I, I I don't know. You know, it's good to see. You know, I'm, I'm you know Connor McDavid. As much as I can't stand hearing people talk about him anymore, because that's what everybody's all like everyone talks about. Anyway, you know, he deserves a cup too. I think of the. I really don't think New York deserves a Stanley Cup, or they have anybody on that team who deserves it. Because Lundqvist, if Lundqvist was there, I could be like. Yeah, you know what? Lundquist deserves a cup, so I could, you know, pull for them even though they beat us. Um, but 
I guess I'd have to say Colorado, right? Um, I would love to see Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr and Darcy Kemper, who's just been, been unbelievable, who was the other part of that team. You know, Darcy Kemper and Auntie Rancha were a tandem in Arizona, and they were great. So, you know, I'm sure, you know, I'd love to see that happen over there in Colorado. Um, they're a great, great organization. Joe Sackick, part of that um, Colorado team, would love to would love to see them all, you know, hoist the cup. I think they're the odds-on favorites to do so. Um, I really don't think any. I don't. I don't expect New York to get past Tampa Bay. Um, that Shostakin's good, but Bassey is so much better, and Tampa just has a much better squad. So you just got to move on. Um, and see, see what happens in the playoffs. It'll be interesting. Um, Carolina's going to have an interesting offseason. A lot of questions to answer. A lot of yeah. questions to answer. Yeah, a lot of questions. And this was our first car cast in reference yeah. to Elliot Friedman's uh, 31 Thoughts podcast. Yeah, so. that's what I thought, too. I was like, oh, I feel, I feel like, I feel a little bit like, uh, like Elliot does, you know, coming back from the game. Sadly, it's my last one, but... Um, it's next year, and I'm ready for it, so go Canes. Yeah, go Canes. All right, well, have a good night, Sam. You too. All right, bye. Well, guys, uh, that was Sam Driscoll. Um, again, we thank all of you fans for um, the season, and we hope there's plenty more to come. Have a great time.